As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. I'm coming to you from Phoenix area. Michael's coming to you from Spokane, Washington, through the miracle of technology. We are able to actually see each other and hear each other, and then you're able to listen to us later on. Thankfully, you don't have to see us, so that may, that's a good thing for you guys. Uh, this is the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting, and every week, for the most part, we deal with your questions. And we're going to do that once again today. This one's about power struggles, which every family has experienced in some way, shape, or form. So this is going to be pertinent for you, you families again. Um, we do have a couple sponsors we want to highlight. They have been so generous in supporting this to make sure that we can come to you absolutely free of charge. And uh, so, Michael, tell us a little bit about the Forge School and the great work you've been doing there. It's got a, a little different name to it now. Yeah, it's Embark at the Forge, uh, and because the company uh, is Embark, and it's residential treatment uh, at a school called the Forge School, which is in Benton, Tennessee. So it's residential treatment for boys 14 to 17 who are having issues. Um, uh, you know, if, if anyone listening knows a boy of that age having significant issues with depression, anxiety, uh, etc., this is residential treatment. Around six weeks could be two months, and uh, quite often insurance pays. So that, that makes that easy. And it's a beautiful facility and a great team. Uh, they really understand how to work with boys. Well, and certainly these last two years have put a lot of pressure on a lot of people and uh, our boys are no exception. So that's a good resource yeah. to have. It is. Yeah. Wonderaparenting.com. People can click yep. to their link. Yep. And and the same is true then, of course, with our longtime sponsor, Dr. Greg Jansen, the great folks up there at the Center Place of Hope, uh, where they deal with uh, almost any emotional challenge you can uh, imagine, uh, a lot of the physical challenges that we often experience because of our emotional challenges, the Center of Place of Hope. And uh, we want to encourage you, if you ever need uh, some extra help, to give them a ring. You can go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com and slide down and find their link. And uh, of course, Dr. Greg Jantz has so many good books on most of those kinds of topics as well. Uh, so today, again, another question. Uh, and I want to read the whole thing because it's just got a lot of important stuff to it, which is helpful for us. And uh, it begins this way. My husband and I <clears throat> have two boys aged five and seven. We are loving, nurturing parents who provide a lot of safety and stability for our children. My older son is extremely strong-willed and highly sensitive at school and when he's not with family, excluding grandparents, who he behaves more like when he's with us. 
He is a well-behaved, sweet child. At home, though, it is a completely different story. He is a kid who always needs to save face, which means he doesn't like to admit he's wrong or accept that he's lost. He has trouble with transitions. When he gets into something he enjoys doing, it's hard to get him to stop and go get ready for the next thing. He doesn't like being told what to do and has many opinions and demands about what we've planned for him and the family, including weekend activities, what we're eating for meals, even which way we walk to school. He can also be very quite or also be quite domineering when playing with his brother, having very specific rules about games that need to be followed. Also, he can get obsessive about things. For example, he's gotten into hockey lately, and every day after he comes home from school, he wants to check the hockey game scores on the iPad every five to ten minutes. I'm telling you all this to give you an idea of what he's like. We are trying our hardest to parent him, but more often than not, getting into power struggles with him. He can get really upset over the things that don't go his way and will start saying cruel things to us and even get violent on occasion. It feels like sometimes this is happening on a weekly basis and it's very draining for my husband and for me emotionally, not to mention scary for my younger son. I am also a parent who came from a home where there was emotional abuse. So I get triggered by big emotions easily and have troubles setting boundaries with my children about the do's and don'ts in our family. All that being said, I want to add that he is indeed a very intelligent, sweet, loving child. Usually when he's alone with one of us, he's a lot better. And we do have stretches where he's in a good place and things go smoothly at home. At times, though, his big personality and constant demands make it feel really hard to parent him and for us to know we're actually doing a good job. Do you have any advice about what we can do to lessen the power struggles and create a more calm and less volatile environment in our home? Thank you very much. Boy, Mike, a lot of really important good stuff in there. So take it away. What do you got? Yeah, so much. Uh, yeah, let me um, say a few things before we get to solutions, you know, and then then yeah. I know you and I will interact and we will definitely give some of the solutions that she's asking for at the toward the end. I, I, I think that um, he's probably that they may need to look at a sensory integration disorder or he's got some mm. budding OCD obsessive compulsive yep. disorder or something along those lines, um, you know, could be wrong, but she described, that's what she's sort of describing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she even does say he gets obsessed. So one thing I would say is, you know, maybe get an assessment and uh, talk to some folks, uh, you know, professionally to assess and see whether that's what's, whether that is, is uh, happening for him. And that would be in on, on the genome. And it's, you know, it's, it's been triggered. It's not that the parents have done something wrong. That's, that Mm -hmm. is probably, I think everyone knows now, you know, it's not the parents have parented badly. This is something that's a disorder. Um, I would say number two, that she's also, she's really wise. She also did connect with the fact that he, that because she or maybe they are not setting, you know, good boundaries, uh, using her words, um, I think he has too much power in the family. And, uh, you know, he is seven and uh, uh, and they are the adults and he's he needs to listen to their authority and they need to provide the consequences. And and uh, I totally get that that may be difficult, but especially with this kind of child, um, that's necessary. So uh, at seven, uh, you know, too much power take the power back. Parents have to take the power back. And as after they take it back they they would have less power struggles that are related to the uh, difficulties in the power dynamic. They'll still have power struggles if he is OCD because, uh, you know, they'll have to adjust uh, to his OCD. If mm-hmm. in fact he does have that 
and the family will create rituals, you know, and within the boundaries of those rituals, he will have a lot of power and they won't get in the way of those rituals. Uh, and that's the way that they, they're going to stay sane and happy as a family. But to the extent that uh, he has too much power, then that they can control and they can take the power back. The, um, uh, I guess the, uh, the third thing I would say is when he's having trouble with transitions, which would fit with this kind of child or just the male brain, you know, I mean, maybe not yeah. OCD, just, just, it's harder for male brain. We have less white matter activity and we, we don't tend to transition as quickly and as well as sometimes people would like. So the three senses approach is the way to go when they want him to transition, um, uh, touch his shoulders, you know, um, look him in the eye and then use the voice. So there's really three senses there. There's the visual, there's the auditory, and then there's the tactile or kinesthetic, the tactile. So hmm. with three senses, you, we can invade his, what she's calling obsessiveness. We're in, we're invading, you know, that gray matter where he's really focused. What he's doing is really focused in this little part of the brain, you know, or this big part of the brain. And they need to invade that and get him to transition. And uh, the three sense approach can work better, better than, just saying, okay, come over here and do this. Uh, it can invade that. So those were three initial insights. I, I've written a great deal more, but um, lead, lead me thus far. Is that helpful? Yeah, the, uh, the two insights I got from that, well, actually three, because you brought up three insights, but um, I too wondered, and I, I'm not in any way a professional, with the obsessiveness over the hockey scores every 10 to 15 minutes, what that's saying about the young man, you've addressed that. I thought it was really helpful for you to say once again, that this is on the genome and it gets triggered. It is not bad parenting. It's so right. easy for us as parents when our kids are struggling to say, what did I do wrong? And, uh, and sometimes, you know, Jan and I will joke, you know, one of our, we've got adult kids and they'll maybe do something kind of crazy. Said, what did you do to your kids when you were raising them? And we know, <laughs> you know, it's not about us raising them. They all make decisions. So it's really helpful for parents. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, but this the three senses thing, this is kind of new for me. Maybe you've talked about this before, but um, that was really a, a great insight uh, because you do think, especially the male brain, let's just say that's the issue, the male brain, if you talk from behind my head and I'm zoned in in my, my man cave on a project, I'm probably not going to hear that. Right. But if you, if, if Jan were to come and touch me on the shoulder, actually look me in the eyes and say, could I have a minute? That's a, that's a really simple, but brilliant strategy, um, that we've not really teased out before, but there's a lot of sense to that. I'm sure it works for girls too. Yeah, it does. It's just that, um, so I developed it, the, the three senses approach, you know, um, and we, we, in our, in our pilots back in the late nineties, when we were doing the the pilots in uh, Missouri, it was one of the things that we taught the teachers and it's especially helpful with the pre-K, you know, like Mm. pre-KK because, um, they would constantly have, see a difference between the way that boys, transition and girls transition. And now, you know, full circle, 25 years later, we're doing the pilots there in Phoenix, where you are in yep. Head Start with Greater Phoenix Urban League. And um, these are Head Start pilots. And same thing, you know, of course, because it's universal. As you said, the male brain is not is not set up to transition as well. And part of the good thing about that brain is when it gets focused in those gray matter areas, it's really focused and that's good. We want it really focused, right? Cause it's going to get things done, let's say. Um, but with the le- less white matter activity and with fewer verbal centers anyway, in the brain, like you say, when someone just says in a soft voice, and this is often an issue in with this age group, you know, the five to seven age group, the mom or the female teachers are not as loud Right. Mm. They have mm. quieter voices like I'm very loud, you know, but yep. um, as a male, let's say, or my kind of male, I'm loud. But my wife, Gail, much quieter voice, you know, and I'm always saying, would you say, Gail, what, you know, and, and I'm using that as a sort of an example of, well, what we see that a lot in in pre-K and K where they're quieter voiced. And um, but when they so then they go through all this training, they go, oh, OK, that makes sense. Now we get it. And they don't now no longer are the boys getting in trouble for not transitioning. They use the three senses approach and the boys will transition because, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless they're being obstinate or something, you know, they're they'll transition and they'll go, oh, OK. And uh, can I just finish this? They'll finish it and they'll transition. Uh, so it is it is based. It is brain based. It's a brain based yeah. stat- strategy. Yeah. It, it, it's like breaking the spell. Yeah. You know, right. you're, you're just you're caught up in this moment um, really focused. And then all of a sudden something comes in and, oh, it brings you back to reality for a moment. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised. The other thing that didn't surprise me in reading through the question was that this young boy is highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. And how does that play into, for him, his situation of all these other things? Yeah, it is amazing how often that happens. Kids yeah. who have uh, are on the autism autism spectrum or OCD, you know, but they're also so intelligent. And what what is happening is those gray matter areas in the brain that are controlling intelligence, um, those are well-developed and they're going to be well-developed. The issue uh, that the child has that manifests to us outside of that child's brain, those issues are social-emotional, right? They're relational. Mm-hmm. And um, so the power struggle, hence the power struggle, which is relational. And, um, uh, but the gray matter areas in the brain are developing quite well. And that is very common. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and I would not be surprised. And that's what I'm always saying to folks who have these kind of kids. I'm, you know, as you heard me say before, remember this guy is going to, or gal is going to probably do something quite significant in their lives right. at, because of so much intelligence. Uh, but it's going to be a matter of trying to manage this. If the child has this disorder, teaching the child over the next number of years, the skills the child needs, you know, to survive and thrive. Uh, and then this family, um, I mean, obviously, the first thing they're going to try is they need to take more, take back more authority. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be, you know, given that he doesn't seem to be, she is not describing him doing a lot of these behaviors in school. It right. could be, you know, maybe he's not OCD. I mean, maybe this is all about the family dynamic is not set up well for this strong-willed child and the parents just have to take back their authority and that will solve it, maybe. And mm -hmm. so that is definitely what they want to try. Uh, first, and maybe get some counseling and some mentoring and help if they're having trouble, given how strong-willed he is, um, mm -hmm. and how ritual ritualistic he is once he gets focused. Um, they may need a little bit of coaching or counseling uh, to help them to take back the power. So the other thing that, that caught my attention was strong-willed, sensitive. We don't often put those two words together. Usually you think of the strong-willed and they're confident they can face anything. This boy seems to have both this dig his heels in and almost overly sensitive to criticism, correction, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that would fit because what we describe, what we would describe like in an email like this, the mom would describe it as sensitive. Um, someone like me or someone else who's even better in this field than I am meeting with that child and assessing that child might end up saying reactive. You know, mm. so the sensitive okay. could be, I mom have said something to him and he seems to take that personally. And, and so he seems really sensitive and fair enough. Yeah, uh, he is. We might look at it also, though, as that he's reactive. He's not, okay. you know, he's really reacting so quickly to what she said and what she said is reasonable, let's say. So uh, could be two sides of one coin. And that can can often fit because if he's OCD or if he's going in that direction, He's he can be very strong willed when he's focused and when he doesn't want to stop. Right. <laughs> he wants to do what he's doing. And so he's really strong willed and gets angry. Like, right. Uh, I want to talk about the saying cruel things and violence. That's part of the solutions. I want to talk about that. Um, so that to me also sounds like reactivity. OK. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. So what we have here is a lot of kids are going to push boundaries. That's mm -hmm. just part All of kids probably. Up. Yeah. Right. But this is sort of pushing boundaries on steroids a little bit. It's mom and dad both feel like it's a bit out of control. You've recommended uh, it might be good to to meet with somebody, talk this through. What are some other things they can do now? You know, she's got her own personal issue, of course, with uh, the abusive situation that she grew up in. Some of this stuff triggers her. Um, so may, let's maybe start with her. What are a couple of things you might say to her for her own sanity? Uh, her own background that can help her uh, feel more confident in putting in boundaries with her son. Okay. Number one would be get him assessed because if he, if he isn't OCD and this is only a family dynamic problem, then that's really good to know. If he is OCD, that's going to also change things in terms of what's right. going to happen going forward. So number one, get an assessment. Um, number two for her be in counseling. Um, and, and be working on the past trauma uh, because, because the difficulty with being a parent, especially of a child like this, is if we keep getting triggered, right, 
this situation is going to keep escalating. Mm. And the only way for her, ultimately the way for her not to be triggered is probably to get counseling, get help, work on the trauma, you know, develop different skills. And um, so that she can bring those skills to parenting rather than getting triggered. And again, she's going to get triggered sometimes, but it sounds like she's getting triggered a lot. So I would say counseling is really important for her and maybe, you know, maybe for the family. Uh, I don't know her situation with the husband, maybe with the husband. Uh, Sometimes couples counseling can help because he can help her when she gets triggered, you know. Um, That'd be number two. Number three, uh, the the, uh, saying cruel things and the violence. Um, I'm guessing the violence is he gets mad and he kind of punches the wall or he pushes her away or something like that. She didn't describe anything worse than that. So I'm guessing that's what she means, but still that is the wedge point that right there can't happen. Um, And that's where the parents start taking their authority back. Uh, He cannot, you know, he's a seven year old boy. He must respect his parents. So we need to raise him to respect his parents. So he can't be saying these cruel things and pushing uh, his mom you know, mm-hmm. or hitting her in the thigh or whatever it is he's doing. Um, and uh, so that's number three. Uh, focus. If you have to focus on one thing, focus on that and get dad to help. You know, dad's probably bigger. He's probably got a deeper voice. You know, get dad to be really putting a stop to that stuff. And if if the boy is is in a frenzy, like he could, if he's reactive, you know, he could, uh, he, his brain could just cascade with chemistry and, and he can't mm-hmm. stop, right? He's so angry, right. you know. So that, then they got to pull apart. Uh, he's got to be dad maybe has to pick him up, take him into the room, put him on the bed, close the door. Mom needs to go somewhere else. Right. They cool off for five, 10 minutes, whatever it is, whatever works for that family. And then they get back together um, uh, so that it doesn't escalate. Uh, and so that kind of a timeout for both uh, is good and, and and can work. And that's no matter what kind of, you know, even if he has OCD, that that still is going to be important to cut back on the power struggle. Uh, A couple things come to mind as you're talking. Um, Number one, oftentimes you'll, you'll talk about, especially for boys when they're in that state where they've got all of this energy and they've, they've got to just get rid of it, whether it's anger or frustration, you oftentimes will recommend get them out for a walk, have them hit a pillow, Mm -hmm. get a punching bag. You just have them express that energy because we don't express it through words the way that girls tend to do. Uh, mm-hmm. In this case, you've got a boy who um, is is going, you know, he's really got a lot of energy. Uh, are those some things that help as well? Or does he need the timeout instead or a combination of both? Uh, probably a combination, depending on the situation. If he's in that highly agitated state, they just got to remove him, you know, and re- remove themselves in a safe way. Uh, but if, yeah, if there's a kind of intermediate uh, and he's like, like, um, I think I'm understanding you. Let's say it's not that getting toward violent, but he's, he's talking, he's talking trash to mom, let's say. Yeah, he's starting okay. to gear up. He's yeah. gearing up. Yeah. Yep. That might be a time when, uh, oh, stop, go run around the block, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. could, that could be, that could work there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. With guys, um, message we can't say enough in case we have new listeners with guys because of the brain differences. Um, uh, they, they, as Tim said, they, they don't use words as much, and especially these young guys, they just don't process as much as many feelings through words as mom might be used to, right? Cause she has a female right. brain. And so, um, 
so, uh, and if they're using words, sometimes they're processing it through very angry words, you know, which turn into this kind of disrespect. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, um, uh, I, I think with this guy, there's probably kind of like three stages. There's one where, well, there's the highly reactive where we have to separate. There's the intermediate we just talked about. And then I'm, and then I think another one is like you said, the revving up where he's, where he's sort of, his brain is choosing whether it's going to do the power struggle or not, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it would be great. And I want to say something about screens and the brain around that, um, You know, one of the things that gets me thinking about that first stage is that at seven, he has this seems like constant access to this iPad. And I would really love to see these parents get him away from those screens. He's only seven Mm -hmm. and we don't want his brain dependent on those screens. Um, And there may be some titration. It may be difficult because he loves the hockey scores, but it could even become a relational thing where, well, dad and I are going to check the hockey scores and dad's going to look at the screen. Because if this guy's doing that every five to 10 minutes, I'm guessing hours every day, he's looking at that screen. Yeah. So that, that screen time does affect that brain and, and can uh, stimulate him when we'd rather he stayed in the first stage and had to decide whether to, you know, say something mean and power. So uh, all that time in screens is going to take him into those other stages because it makes him so much more reactive to, to mom and what mm-hmm. she needs uh, so I, I, that was part of my solutions. I'm going to beg them to get his screen time to like an hour a day. Yeah. And we, we've talked about this before, but, uh, this is uh, somewhat specific to this young man, perhaps diet stuff. What are the things that the parents should stay mm-hmm. away from that can trigger these sorts of behaviors? And what are some things that might, uh, you know, produce calm in him and whatever it might be? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I noted that as well. Like check for gluten, uh, avoid sugar, obviously. Um, and if he eats a meal that has sugar, like a junk food meal, you know, have him get an hour of exercise after, uh, make sure he's getting a couple hours of exercise a day, yep. uh, an hour and a half to two hours. It doesn't have to be intense sports, but walking, running, uh, walking to school, you know, and maybe a little sports. Um, so that, so that the foods he's eating or he's processing through and then, and, and, but ultimately, you know, kind of get him off of the junk food and off of sugar and check when he gets assessed, check for gluten, check for a food allergy he may have. Gluten is very common that can ca cause some of this stuff. And once they get off gluten, uh, that can actually really help them. Mm. So just like a naturopath can do all of that with them uh, to figure out the foods and nutrition and, and do the allergy tests. A natu naturopath should be able to. Sure. So um, to kind of wrap up, let's summarize a, a little bit. You, you talked about how important it is for the parents to take power back, to set boundaries. Um, how do you, as a parent, even begin to do that? You know, I imagine they've probably gotten to a point where they've written us. They don't even know kind of what to do anymore. W what steps do you take? What do boundaries look like? You've mentioned one of them, screen time, limit screen time. Um, how else do you put boundaries into place for parents? Uh, for example, uh, you've touched a little bit. If the child begins to speak, uh, words that are inappropriate in the family, what are the things we do as parents period, just to take power back without becoming authoritarian, but authoritative, I think uh -huh. is what you like to say. Yeah. Authoritative rather than authoritarian. Yeah. Well, uh, an example, she's so wisely, she's so wise. She also talks about, um, he's an intelligent, sweet, loving child. And mm -hmm. usually when he's alone with one of us, he's a mm. lot better. So yeah. I think she has a clue there. Um, uh, also that for like, that, like they're going to have a plan here to take the power back. So we need to think three months, four months, you know, they, they mm -hmm. they're going to be in a process. So one of the things they can do is have him be alone with each parent, um, more so that, because part of how he's taking the power power is he's creating a triangle and then he's being manipulative, uh, right. Mm -hmm. He's getting, getting mad at mom or reacting to mom or whatever it is. Then dad gets, gives him attention, you know, but it sounds like when he's alone with a, one of the parents, he doesn't have to have those attention getting devices and he doesn't mm -hmm. have to do that manipulative behavior. So I think that's something to add to the toolbox now for the next few months is have him spend more time alone. And when he, when he starts to react, uh, and I'm only talking about the power dynamic now, they're going to still get everything else checked about his core personality. But in terms of the power dynamic, when that starts happening, one parent takes him away, you know, like the dad, like I was saying, takes him to the room and the dad puts him in there. Maybe the dad stays in there with him for five or 10 minutes, you know, boy calms down. He's relating to the dad and they get into a discussion or whatever happens there. And it seems like he's going to probably be better because he's with, just the one parent. So I would add that uh, as a tool for them to use. And then a few other things, they to, to they ought to make a list of where they're going to be on the same page, yes. the two parents, and they make yep. a list and they say, okay, these these words, if he says these words, we're on the same page, uh, he can't say those words. And you know we're going to support each other. If we're both there in the room and he says those words, both mom and dad are going to say, nope, um, uh, or behavior. If he throws mm -hmm. something at mom, you know, that's on their list. Nope. Not allowed to do that. So make a list of 
10, 15 things, agree on those, start there, and then alter his behavior through those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are a few more thoughts that I would have. Yeah, sounds like what you're saying is we're going to draw a line in the sand, uh, and we're going to agree on what that line is, and then also agree on what the appropriate discipline will be. Mm-hmm. So when he crosses this line, it'll be this. When he crosses this line, it'll be this. So that they have a, you're talking about a game plan, a strategy Yep. Uh, over yeah, the next well few months. And you might want to warn parents what it's going to be like for those first three months. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's it's really going to be tough because the counseling for mom isn't probably in yet, unless she's in counseling now. The the we don't ha- we he's probably going to still keep eating foods that are that are triggering him, uh, just because we don't know what those are yet. Hard to get into the naturopath, you know, and all, all of these things. So it is going to take time, and it is going to be difficult. However, however, uh, you know, after three four months, and, and they're starting to get all this other help. I think they're going to find life is way better. Yeah. It's just going to be a tough time because he's going to yell and scream. And I mean, I don't know him, but I'm guessing, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, that's going to trigger mom and maybe dad too. And they're going to, you know, be empathic toward him. And then they're, but they're not going to hold the boundary. And so then they have to remind each other, wait a minute, remember we were holding those boundaries. And so that's going to take a while. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. It's worth it though, because, and here's why it's worth it. Because she said, He's scaring. This dynamic scares the younger, right? Yep. And no, no one wants that. And if if there's that kind of fear in the younger child, then um, then it's going to be worth it. Yeah. To go through this very t- tense time. Yeah. And that and that's we assume that's why she wrote. She yep. and her husband want to raise this boy to be a good man. He's got some challenges. They have some challenges. And uh, hopefully, uh, for those of you who uh, wrote in the question, this will give you at least a starting point uh, to be thinking about uh, how to, to get at that and build some boundaries. And, and for a lot of parents, even parents who don't have children who maybe have uh, emotional or psychological issues going on, power struggles are normal in most families. And a lot of the things that Michael said are going to be uh, will be helpful for all of those. So, Michael, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. And uh, everyone, we want to thank you. I want to remind you, if you have not yet gone over to our Facebook page, we encourage you to do that, Facebook, uh, and you just do a search for Wonder of Parenting. Once you join, I'll let you in as soon as I get the notification. And uh, we have had, again, just a big rash of people, rash in a good way, uh, rush of people uh, (laughs) who are joining the, uh, the Facebook page. And a lot of great questions posted there. Once in a while, I'll grab those. But most of the time, the interaction with other parents is so dynamic and so helpful uh, that it's just great being posted there. So we encourage you to join there. Of course, go to wonderparenting.com and a lot of information there and resources. So we thank all of you for mm-hmm. listening. We'll be with you again next week for another adventure in the wonder of parenting. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 